Hello, beautiful people. You are listening to the Soul Beauty Chat. I'm your host, Fatima, and the Soul Beauty Chat is a self care community and podcast designed to empower you through faith infused resources, mental health support, coaching, and wellness events. In addition to that, I am a certified meditation and mindfulness teacher and a brand strategy coach and consultant. So before we dive into this episode, let's explore a few ways that you can support the show. Number one, subscribe on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. The show is also available on various other major streaming platforms. Number two, rate and review. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure you leave a rating and review so that other people can find out about this show. Number three, leave a comment. If you're listening on YouTube, share your thoughts as you're listening along and let me know how you feel about this episode. Number four, send me a message. If you're listening via Anchor, you can actually send me a voice memo directly through the app. But you can also send me an email at soulbeautychat at gmail.com. Number five, become a monthly supporter. So if you're interested in supporting the show on a consistent basis, you can become a Patreon member. Patreon is a membership site that allows you to get exclusive behind the scene vlogs of my daily life, starting a business and running a nonprofit. You'll have access to all of my virtual meditation classes and you'll have access to any workshops where I invite guests on. And finally, work with me. If you're interested in booking a coaching session, a meditation session, or any of my other programs, you can find out about them on soulbeautychat.com. Without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into today's show. Welcome. So before I actually start this interview with Abina, I wanted to just give you guys a little bit of information about this conversation. We recorded this a few months ago in the thick of quarantine, and I decided to not post the episode right away, but I think that it is divinely timed and that it is still going to be filled with so many gems and information for you. Abina is one of my dear friends. We laughed a lot. She shared so much wisdom. This is a longer episode, so I would encourage you to, you know, get comfortable or, you know, if you're out running errands or cleaning your house, this is something great to have in the background just to listen to as you go about your day. Let us know in the comments if you're listening on YouTube what you thought about this episode and feel free to reach out to us on Instagram as well to share your thoughts. Okay, let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Thank you for stopping by this episode of the Soul Beauty Chat podcast. Today, I'm going to be interviewing my good friend and just amazing person that you're going to hear all about, Abina. And we're going to dive right into the conversation. So, Abina. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you for inviting me. I feel so special. <laughs> You're so welcome. So I would love for you to just share with us uh, who you are and what you are passionate about. What do you do for those who don't know you on the internet? 
So, hey everyone, my name is Abina Ansa, but I go by Beanie TV on the internet. And I am a spiritually based YouTuber, actress, and all things self love. A while ago, Fatima reminded me that I am really a self love leader, and I've been doing this for a very long time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One of the founding mothers, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm up there with the Hey Friend Hayes and the Nikisha um, Riley's, okay? Yes. I'm up there. <laughs> also, but, I want to warn you guys right now, this is going to be a funny episode because <laughs> Abina and I are both very silly, so we are. <laughs> we are, but um, yeah, I've been on the internet for about seven years on my YouTube channel, just constantly sharing um, spirituality, life advice, just my journey of living in Los Angeles and pursuing acting um a little bit of really like everything so um fatima thank you for inviting me on and introducing me to your community i'm happy to be here what was your journey to um your relationship with god and your spirituality in general like take us through that awakening moment if you remember it yeah so for me it started in like 2008 um, God kept leading me to the book, The Secret. Uh, every time we would go to the mall and we would go by the bookstore, Borders, rest in peace. And like, um, I would always be drawn to The Secret. And I would always open it up to the same exact page. And it talked about um, just uh, like your parents and kind of like forgiving your parents. And I had not, really dealt with the emotions of like not having my dad and everything like that. So then I just bought the book and literally after reading the book, I had the, the most vivid dream I've ever had. And it was me walking around um, a water fountain and the water was so clear, so blue. And there was a Phoenix in the dream. And I, the Phoenix was like bright red and fiery. And I was like, hold up, what is that? What is happening right now? And I Googled it and basically it represented opening up, um, opening up your spiritual journey. That's what that dream represented. So from the secret, you know, you read a new earth, you read all, all of like Eckhart Tolle's books, you go, you dive deep into Iyana Van Zandt and Lisa Nichols and then you start, you know, going into meditation and then you start drinking the green juices and then you're just like, <laughs> You just like go on this journey. So it's been, yeah, 2000, since 2008, I've been on the journey. And recently is when I really uh, just started diving deep into the emotions. Because I think for a lot of people, when you start doing the self-love, it's a lot of like cute affirmations and, and wonderful posts on Instagram. But when you start doing the really shadow work, the ugly work, people back up people back up all the time. Like I have so many people that email me and say like, I couldn't continue your course because um, I realized that I still have a lot of healing to do. And it's like, that's the point. Mm -hmm. That's the point. It's not supposed to be pretty. It is a very like, you're, you're evolving your soul that you're going to have pain. Mm -hmm. You're going to have pain. I think a lot of people are afraid of the pain, but this year I really, really went through some really painful transformation, but I believe I'm on the other side and it's just been like 
just glorious, really like glorious, magnificent. And I'm just in awe of how like God can have you go through a transformation and make you feel like shit. And when you get out of it, it's just like, <laughs> I'm a whole brand new <laughs> bitch. <laughs> okay. <Yes. laughs> that's literally how i feel and i would actually love to hear a little bit about that journey like tell tell, first before we dive into what happened most recently in that transformation i would love to kind of really start with okay after you bought that book the secret like what did that Mm -hmm. journey look like for you as someone that was just stepping into this whole world of self-care and healing Oh, that's a good, that's a really good question. So in the beginning, everyone thought I was weird Mm -hmm. because the secret talks about feeling what you want to attract. So I would not say any negative thing at all, ever. And like one of my friends, he was like, you got to be a little negative sometimes. And I'm like, nope, nope. I'm manifesting this money. I'm manifesting this. Like, so I took it very, very serious. And everyone around me was like, you're weird. You're being so weird. But and I was, you know, introducing people to I was meditating, right? I started meditating five minutes a day, ten minutes a day. And that really I think that was really helping me like become calmer. Mm-hmm. Right? Become calmer, become I feel like less less angry. But the, but see the thing is that like when I started the journey, I was still doing ratchet shit. <laughs> that's the that's the thing is like, I was still drinking. I was still entertaining toxic relationships. So it's like, you're not gonna completely, you know, transform, but it is like the seed has been planted, you know? Cause it's like, you can still be living conscious and unconscious at the same time. Yeah, that's and I think and I think that's what I've been doing for a long time is even though I had this knowledge, even though I was teaching it, even though I was, you know, doing all these things to better my body and better my life, I was still living unconsciously. Mm. Until recently. Mhm. So I'm I'm curious to know, I don't know if we've ever chatted about this but i'm curious to know like what was your spirituality like growing up as a kid so growing up i did not grow up in the church whatsoever but i knew that god was a thing and that god was present and um anytime like every morning my mom reads a psalm before she goes to work Mm -hmm. so i had that image growing up you know my grandma was um raising us while my mom was working and going to school but my grandma i never really saw her praying never saw her open up open up the bible i remember one time i slapped a kid on the school bus and i knew that i was going to get in trouble and get suspended or something like that so i went home opened up the bible to some random verse and started praying i was like god please please don't let me get suspended please and that was the first time i have really ever prayed and i think i was like in the sixth grade or something like that and i didn't get in trouble so i was like okay god is real (laughs) but um you know something that a lot of people don't know is that like my mom and dad were in a like presbyterian cult so um for 10 years they were underneath like the like 
black magic of this um, leader of this church, this woman. And, you know, they were giving her money. They would drive from New Jersey to New York every single weekend to hear this woman spew nonsense. And at one point, she, the, the pastor of the church was saying that she herself was God. And people, you know, it, it was a cult. It yeah. was a cult, basically. So, uh, and like, that's how my dad ended up leaving our life because my mom said, I'm not going to the church anymore. And then my dad's like, well, I need to be with a woman who's in church. So to simplify it. So after that, that really affected my mom and her relationship with God and her relationship with the church. So we were never, ever raised in the church at all. Wow. So, so I'm sure that that had a huge impact on not just your mom's life, but your life as well and mm-hmm. your journey. So I would love to hear how now in your, in your healing journey, what were some moments where you, you know, maybe you started with like the affirmations and the face mask and all of that stuff. But then once you started doing the work, you, I'm sure that had to come up at some point. So I'm curious to know how did that show up for you, your relationship with your dad and what, how did you kind of work through that? Mm. Yeah. So because my dad left when I was two and then he passed away when I was 18, um, when he passed away again, like, I just wasn't that in tune with myself. I just really wasn't in tune. So I didn't feel those feelings. So when I started like going through the the healing journey, what was coming up were, you know, the abandonment issues, mm. the abandonment issues and really a lot of things that I, and I really healed my the the father wound in Los Angeles mm. because I was spending so much time with myself. So that meant a lot of angry journaling, right? That meant a lot of God, like heal my heart, show me, show me what this was meant to teach me. Um, and a lot of crying, right? A lot of like really painful, ugly cries and and really trying hard to not ask God like, why me? And more just like, what can I learn from this? Why did you let me go through this? You know, and every single time God is like, you did not need what you didn't get as a child. You didn't need it. And God knew I didn't need it because God equipped me with the strength and the discipline, the tenacity to go through the the hard healing because God knew that I could heal myself. Mm. God knew that it's okay. I might take your dad away. And, and yes, you're going to feel these feelings. You're going to you know, deal with these abandonment issues. Yes, they're going to come up at work and in your romantic life, but there will come a day where I'm going to heal you and, you, and you'll be okay and you'll be able to move on. So when you say those abandonment issues came up, like what were some practical examples of how that was manifesting in your life? <laughs> I was always pushing somebody away. Because in my head, I'm like, you're going to leave anyway, so I'm not about to get too close to you. We can have fun. We can kiki. But if you do something, you, that's it. You you can't give me an explanation. You can't explain yourself like I'm done. Mm. Right? So I'm always, I was always cutting people off, pushing people out. 
Um, and I was always attracting partners that were also, also had abandonment issues. Mm. So just attracting hurt people. Right. And no matter how much a friend loved me or showed me like love and affection and support in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is cute, but I know you're going to go away one day. So, you know, I'm not, I'm just, this isn't real. I think that's what it was a lot. It was like this connect. I don't feel connected and I'm still battling with that. I don't feel connected with people. Like sometimes like if someone, if someone decides that they're going to, you know, leave or if someone stops talking to me, like I don't feel it. I don't feel that loss. And that is definitely deeply, deeply rooted, like abandonment and uh, yeah, just abandonment issue and just trying to protect myself, Mm. you know, like self-protection and, you know, that those arms are like coming down, right? Because I know that I don't have to protect myself in that sense. Like God will protect me as long as I am constantly praying for discernment with people that come into my life and asking God to just open up my heart. I don't have to protect myself and put my defenses up. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's definitely like, so relatable i'm sure like for me especially but i'm sure for a lot of other people too it's just something that a lot of people struggle with is that um that fear of abandonment and i think you sharing that how it came up for you i think is really helpful because a lot of times we don't realize that's what it is you know right for a long time for me it was just like oh this is just how i am this is just like Mm -hmm. my personality then once I started doing the work, like you said, that's when it started, like when I started to get a different perspective and I was kind of like, wait, mm-hmm. choice that I'm making to show up this way and to push people away and to have this defense up all the time. This is not how I am. This is literally a choice that I've been consciously mm-hmm. for years. So I love that you, that you shared that. I would, I would love to get into your journey to LA, kind of walk us through mm-hmm. just like who you were when you decided that you were moving to LA, what were your goals and ambitions at the time? And then what was your journey like when you were here for, I think four years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So my goals and ambitions was I'm going to be right next to Lupita and I'm going to be an Oscar winning actress. You cannot stop me. Like I'm coming. So when I moved to LA at 24, that is what it was. I was like, I'm done with corporate America. This is not for me. This sucks. I've always, you know, been involved in acting theater arts program since the third grade. Um, always like always trying to do something with theater arts. So I had taken enough acting classes. I'm like, I'm a pro. I'm moving to <laughs> Los Angeles. <laughs> and um, when I got there, I was like, oh, this is hard. <laughs> this is a little too hard. But um, like, I was so like focused. I will say that like I'm an Aries. So when I'm focused, I'm focused and it will happen. So, you know, I moved there in April, got my agent in August and booked my first job in like September, October. It was for like a hearing aid commercial. But I have a picture of that check because that was the first like big check that I had ever gotten as an actor. And it was those first few months where I was like, okay, I can do this. 
Mm. The thing is that like through the four years, like at the end, I was like, is this for me? Is this really what I like? Is this really what I want to do? Because the thing is that like through the four years, as far as the acting, I was booking work. I was booking work. I was doing well, but everything else was awful, right? Mm -hmm. Like my love life, awful. My, where I was working to support myself, awful. Where I was living, awful. So it's like you have all of these things that were kind of like overshadowing the blessing of being able to, you know, no, no, not knowing anybody in, in the industry to be able to do what like I was able to do, like what, and that just showed me like, okay, when me and God come together, yes, it's like, it's amazing. It's amazing because I don't, I don't like to say this, but like, it's like, I'm this small, like person, like I'm this small town person and it's like my mom and my brother got to see me on TV. My friends and family got to see me on TV. Like, that's a big fucking deal, right? But, like, while I was in L.A., it was just really tough. It was really tough. Like, just constantly, like, quitting jobs, being fired from jobs, like, dealing with, like, roach-infested apartments, like, not having any money and, like, having one of my friends buy me groceries. Um, really, really terrible uber rides like just and lost it what los angeles taught me was like this it really showed me humanity right it really showed me like people humans in their ego in their hurt in their pain like people do not and and not that i'm taking this on as tr my truth but people really do not care mm -hmm. about you people are going to continue to think about themselves put themselves first and and they could be unaware mm. just unaware right so because you know i had never experienced the things that i experienced in la in new jersey and new york ever so it really was like a training mm. it was a training you know kind of get me out of my bubble that i was like my my you know false positivity bubble that I was living in. So that's why like some things would happen. It would feel like the worst thing in the world because I just wasn't used to it. Mm. I wasn't used to that type of environment and living and whatever would and Yeah. Like hard knock life. I wasn't used to it. So it just felt worse than it really, maybe it really was, but by the end of it. And now, now I'm like, you know what? Um, if someone wants to bring me an acting job, cool. But I really feel like I'm okay with not pursuing acting, pursuing acting anymore. Mm -hmm. Because I realized that I'm someone that like, and I can't help this. This is the DNA of my soul. I need to be myself. I need to, if I'm going to be on set, if I'm going to be in front of a camera, I need to be myself. If I'm going to be a character, it needs to be me. <laughs> <laughs> like... I like I like like Isa, right? Like Isa, mm -hmm. like Isa's character on Insecure is Isa. Mm -hmm. Like I need to be that. I need to do that because anything else, it like anything I've ever booked was because I was myself in the audition room. Mm -hmm. It's not because I knew the line so well. It's not because I played the character so well. It's because I made the room laugh, and that is like my that's my medicine for the world. Like I am really great at making people laugh. So if I can just do that, 
like I want to just do that. I don't want to be like some dramatic actress. Like, no, no. Mm -hmm. So I would love to kind of hear about that shift in your perspective as far as going from I'm pursuing this to I'm allowing this. How would you say you felt throughout that process? Like, was there ever a moment where maybe you felt like grief or like disappointment or like, um, cause it's like the shift. Like it, it reminds me a little bit of my journey of working in fashion and beauty. And then even though that was like my life at one point, like mm-hmm. I was set on, I'm going to be a designer. Then I was like, Nope, I'm going to be a stylist. Like I'm going to, mm-hmm. this, this is it. And I remember when I had that moment of realization, when I was like, actually, I don't want to do this. <laughs> mm. It was painful because it felt like a huge part of my personality was dying. And I had this whole like ego death thing where I was like, well, if I'm not doing this, then who am I? Like, mm. what am I for? like, why do people care about what I have to offer if I'm not this this image that I had created for the past couple of years. Wow. And I also noticed a similar, a similar reality with YouTube, you know, like pursuing YouTube for such a long time and doing it in like a natural hair and beauty space. And then when, you know, God swooped in and was like, no, actually we're talking about me <laughs> and not <laughs> hair beauty. It was like, Oh wait. So like, what does that mean about me as a person then? Like, who am I? Mm-hmm. I things that I thought where this this was how I was going to be successful, you know? So I'm curious yeah. if you had any of those thoughts or feelings when that moment happened where you were like, actually, I don't want to pursue this. Yes, girl. When I moved from LA to back to home to New Jersey and I got an agent in New York and I was kind of doing what I do, so strong-headed, so focused that I didn't realize how I was feeling as I was, you know, um, submitting my headshots to agents, I did not feel good. It didn't feel good. I was just going in the motions of this is what I'm supposed to do because I am the actor. Mm. And it's like when I got my agent, and see that just and and we've talked about this years ago where you kind of manifest things. Like, that's just how manifestation works. Like, if you have the focus and you have the energy, it will appear. But is that what is best for you? Mm, so, so, yeah, so I, I was able to get an agent and uh, in New York. And I remember I had my first audition. It was for the show New Amsterdam or something. And I woke up, got on the, drove to the train station, got on the New Jersey transit, got to the audition, was in the audition for two minutes, realized that I had to get back on the New Jersey transit, go back to the train station and drive back home. And I said, I'm not doing this. Mm. That was it for me. I was like, this is not worth it. Even if I booked that job, this is not worth it. I don't feel good. Mm. I don't feel good about this. And of course, like, you know, in LA, you have to like get your Uber and then you go to the audition and yes, it's two minutes long, but it was a different energy. It was, I'm in LA to pursue acting. And I, you know, when I moved back, I was just pursuing acting because I thought I had to. 
Mm. Not because I wanted to. So I had a breakdown and I was on the phone with my friend and, you know, they were like, no, 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 just keep going, keep going. And even when I moved back, my mom was like, you know, I was a little, I was a little disappointed that, you know, you came back to New Jersey because you were doing so well in, in L.A., and so I was like, okay, let me just keep going, keep going, keep going. Every audition, Fatima, I was just not feeling it. Mm. Wasn't feeling it, wasn't feeling good. And I've been with my agent for a year and I haven't booked anything. That's not, that's not like me. Yeah. Like, I, you know, like I told you, within a few months, I booked my first job in LA, right? So for me to not book a job in a year, to me, it's like, okay, no. Mm. I'm going in with an energy of no, and that's why <laughs> I haven't booked anything. Wow. And, and do I even care if I book something? No. Because if I'm just sitting here focused on the money, then like that's problematic in itself. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I just, I, just don't, I just don't enjoy it. And maybe I just don't enjoy it from the East Coast perspective. But I was like, this is not it for me. Like I really do need to be myself on set because I love being on set and I love being in front of the camera. I love the intricacies of TV and film. I love it. I just need to be myself. Mm. I just need to be me. I am a manifesting mama Sita. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very good at manifesting. I didn't realize it. I've been manifesting since I was a child. Like I come from a spiritually gifted family. So all of that coming together, like I can manifest a candy bar today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is when you are manifesting, all you're doing is taking feelings and focus and because that's just the type of god we have and the life energy whatever it is will come to you mm -hmm. it doesn't matter right so what so that's why the other day i was tweeting i was just like don't manifest money don't ask for money ask for what it is that you want to do with that money get specific and get and that's why intention is so important right like why why do you want this brand new tv you're trying to manifest what are you trying to do what are you really trying to do so you're sitting here trying to manifest a car why because if you get it for egoic reasons you will not be fulfilled so are you looking for fulfillment because if you're looking for fulfillment, then the prayer becomes, God, like, bring me fulfillment. And God is going to bring you a person. God mm -hmm. is going to bring you an idea that will have overflow, that will really, really transform not only your life, but the lives of others. So manifesting can be, because when I look back at the secret, it's great, but it's also way too materialistic for me. I agree. So, yeah. So, and I love material stuff. Okay. That's why I came to this earth to be a human. Like I, I love, I love a good fancy perfume and a good shoe. I do, but those things, I don't manifest those things for, for the thing, right? Like I have this really expensive perfume. I manifested the shit out of that perfume. Okay. <laughs> that perfume came to me for the free. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that the perfume brings me joy. It's not about, let me stall on these holes in my, you know, expensive for perfume. No, the perfume brings me joy. So you guys have to like, or we have to remember like, what is the 
the feeling what is the feeling that we want do we want joy do we want fulfillment do we want happiness we focus on that and let god bring what really will make us happy and feel joy and all of that good stuff Mm. as you mentioned something Mm -hmm. earlier that was interesting you said when you were here it was lonely and it was uncomfortable and it was a lot Mm -hmm. of crying and healing kind of Mm -hmm. walk us through what that experience was like like were you conscious that this was like healing and training or did it just feel like it was just like an unfair circumstance and kind of how did you process everything that was happening okay so one thing i will say like even through the really really shitty moments like i really learned that's when the self-care came. That's, that's when like the materialistic self-care stuff comes into action. Mm. So that means, you know, uh, taking a really nice bath, uh, nurturing yourself with a mask, like, you know, doing those things really helped me when I was hurting. Um, I didn't know what I would, I didn't know what I was going through. And that's why, like, before I was saying, like, you can be consciously unconscious Mm -hmm. because, yeah, you know, you're meditating and praying, but you're still like, oh, my God, life sucks. And it's like, it actually doesn't. Like, these things are here to teach you and grow you. But I did, I, no, no. I think sometimes I thought, okay, like, God is, you know, I always knew, like, okay, yes, God is with me, God is with me. But I really wasn't holding on to the word. Mm. Like I really wasn't holding on to the fact that, okay, God, like you are with me. You got me. Like, and that's something I admire about you is that you're serious. You're just like, this is the word. And this is what the word says about me. And this is what I believe. Like you don't waver. Right. But me back then, (laughs) I was like, Um, I was just like, sometimes something would happen and I would just be so like, I didn't know it was going to be this hard. Mm. I didn't know it was going to be this hard. And so like, I had a terrible, like, you know, one of my stories that like, I had a terrible manager at one of my jobs, like he was the devil, like, and that was one of the worst, um, job experiences I ever had, but I stayed one now i when i look it's one of those things where like you don't know like you just have to look back Mm -hmm. right so i look back and i see that i felt like i didn't have a choice to leave i felt like i didn't have a choice because i had to pay my my rent i had to pay for groceries i had to do this i had to support myself as an actor i felt like i didn't have a choice and i couldn't leave and now i look back and i realize that me feeling like i didn't have a choice stems from childhood Mm. not feeling affirmed in the being that i am so it stems from like not being affirmed as a child like being a you are this you can do whatever you want and how that manifested in me as an adult not feeling like i had the choice to leave this job i just when i look back i'm like why did i stay there for so long when i really could have just quit and gotten another job but i just didn't want to continue this cycle of quitting a job quitting a job quitting a job and i lost and i think because of that i just lost focus i lost focus on like why i was in la because i was letting the 
sucky situations like overtake my focus mm. and i think like someone like tyler perry like he was like yeah i lived in my car but my focus was on creating plays that would turn into movies that would turn into like a multi-million dollar studio right mm. i was losing focus i was losing a lot of hope um and and something i will say is that my expectations were so high mm. They were so high, and that's why I do. I'm I'm so like anti expectations because expectations will break your heart. Mm-mm-mm. They'll break your heart every time. So back then, I had I, these huge goals, and I'm like, I'm gonna um, get a McDonald's commercial, make twenty five thousand dollars this year, and it's like, <laughs> no, I, I I didn't even get McDonald's audition. Okay. <laughs> The only McDonald's I was going to was the one around the corner of my house. So, <laughs> so my expectations were so high every year uh, with my acting goals and it would break my heart. And then, you know, you, you're, you're working for this like shitty boss and like you're living in this like crappy apartment. So how was I taking care of myself? I was, like I said earlier, like I was like on my off days, I was going to the beach. I was being in nature. I was taking, I was being present in going to Trader Joe's. Like that was my favorite thing to do. Okay. <laughs> I would write my little list and I would, <laughs> list and I would listen to my music in my Trader Joe's. Like finding the joy in the super, super like, like small moments really, I think that's also why I stayed so long. Because Mm -hmm. I was finding so much joy in like all those beautiful flowers that are all over LA. Like, you know, and I love nature. So I'm just like, oh my God, this is Disney World. I'm so happy. (laughs) You know, and then it's like, and then reality would hit. But then like joy would come and then reality would hit. So Mm -hmm. it was like always every day, like up and down. And it just, I what LA taught me was that that's life. How are you going to take care of yourself when, you know, shitty things happen? You are the only one that can really, like, you are your only healer and you are the only one that can really, really nurture you. Because in LA, you're by yourself. You're not with your family. You don't have a partner. You're not, like, you're not, like, cooped up with your best friends. It's just you. Mm. So really, LA, like, really, really taught me, like, I have to take care of me 100%. Anyone who wants to take care of me is an add-on because I've, like, because it was just me, right? It was just me with myself all day, every day, four years. Like I really had to learn to just, you know, heal my own, heal my own wounds the way, the best way that I could, you know? Mm-mm-mm. I am <laughs> convicted. I'm just like shook it to my core. I'm so glad you can't see me because wow. <laughs> like, I literally just like put my head back, hand over my eyes, like what is happening right now? <laughs> the Lord know that I need to hear that. Thank you, God, for that. Man, word. man, Avina, by pastor, it's real. <laughs> oh my gosh! So let me collect myself for a second because that just you are so funny. I literally felt like you were talking to me. I was like, wow, we're this is a podcast, or is she just talking to me? <laughs> I mean, you you prayed that prayer before we started, so. <laughs> oh my god um okay so i did have a question okay yeah. my question was around you talked about expectations and mm-hmm. i think i totally agree with you and that's something that has been coming up for me a lot and i'm gonna mm-hmm. be i'm gonna be transparent here and share i've shared it on my youtube channel already but 
I feel similarly where I'm like, I had very high expectations for LA. And I think some of them are being met, but others, I'm just like, this is nowhere, like, this is not even in the ballpark <laughs> of what I expected and what I was focused on as I was manifesting this experience mm. in my life. Mm. So I'm to know, like, how do you find that balance between expectation and creative visualization when you're trying to manifest something? Hmm, that's really good. Um, because you know when when you hear about manifestation, it's like you think about the best possible outcome. You think about what you want, like the ideal situation. So. How do you kind of navigate that where it's like your expectations are not exceeding past a level where disappointment comes in? Or is there just a level of disappointment that you kind of have to expect in order? Yes, yes, yes. That part, because, okay, because I now realize that I was living in a la la land Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm not, um, I realized that. I thought that the things I was going to manifest would make me, I mean, okay, when I would manifest or when something would happen for me, I thought it was going to be perfect. Expectations are connected to perfection. So I thought it was going to be perfect. No humps, bumps, lumps whatsoever. That's not the world we live in. You Mm -hmm. manifest a car, you still have to make the car payment. You still have to pay insurance on the car. You might get into an accident. So you can't think like expectations are like this fairy tale of, mm-hmm. of, of un, like, and your reality can be amazing, wonderful, luscious, delicious. Yes. But that doesn't mean that like things are not going to go wrong. And that was for me, that was my problem with expectations was I didn't think anything wrong or bad would happen. And that's why I said earlier, that's why when I was in LA and things were happening, I was like, no, 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 no. And it's like, I had like, yeah, I had these expectations. It's going to be all good. It's going to be perfect. I'm going to be a movie star. And I did. And, and you do yourself a disservice every time. And that's with everything you, 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 you uh, want to get married and you have these like ideas and expectations of a marriage. And then you realize that they snore or that they pick their nose, or that they don't clean, clean the bathroom, right? And these are things like, are we really going to be disappointed by this, or can we just accept all of it? God is going to bless you, and God is going to make a way for you, but you have to accept all of it. Like, you start your own business. Do you really think that no one's going to ask for a refund? Do you really think that, like, um, no one's going to leave a negative comment about your product? Like, you know what I mean? Like, these are the things, like, we have to just remember when we are manifesting or when we're growing and glowing, like it's not always going to be all good. And we ha- just have to have that acceptance in our minds and in our hearts. Like, yep, I have this amazing opportunity, but you know what? I'm open to all the things that could happen right. because this is the human experience. Right. So I want to kind of shift a little bit and focus on something we haven't touched on yet, which is relationships. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to know during your time in LA, if there was any like 
pivotal lessons that you learned from relationships or heartbreak or just exploring that side of yourself? Because um, as we both know, like relationships, oftentimes we're on this journey is like a, a spiritual mirror in a sense, whereas it's revealing to us a lot of where we are and what needs healing. And I think not, maybe not all relationships or not, or not all the time if, if both partners aren't a kind of conscious and aware of mm-hmm. that. But when you go into it with someone that is aware and whether it's a soulmate situation or twin flame situation, it's like, there's a lot of pain, but also a lot of healing that can occur. So I'm curious to know mm-hmm. if you had any experiences like that um, during your journey in LA. Yeah. So in LA, I'll, I'll share two different men. So one was a, you know, soulmate toxic relationship and one was a hundred percent husband material so with the toxic soulmate in LA um you know it was just the continuation of showing me how much I did not value myself and respect myself and had worth for myself because you know I would I would let this person you know, talk to other girls and take my money and take advantage of my home. You know what I mean? And I, it was in LA and they were doing this when we were in New Jersey, Mm -hmm. right? Because I've known them since I was 16. And in LA was when I was like, hold up. You don't care about me. Mm -hmm. You don't care about me because you did this thing like you took my money you don't care about me and in turn that means i don't care about me mm. right i don't care about myself because if i cared about myself and if i saw myself and 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 that's the thing is like on the journey it's like you think you're doing so well like you're drinking your celery juice every morning <laughs> you're doing your yoga every day And then you get into a partnership and that's when the real revealing and healing starts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because when you're by yourself in your room, you are Erica Badu on steroids. You're the best human ever. And then you come into contact with another human being and you go right back to your childlike self. You go right back to the hurt. You go right back. And it's just like, God is always revealing how much deeper you have to go through relationships. So with the toxic person, um, I realized I didn't care about myself and that took a while. That took a while to wean myself off of that toxicity and, and, um, what, and, and define what caring about myself really means. Mm-hmm. And with the person that was totally husband material, like he loved God, he was handsome. He could sing girl. Like he was, he was great. And we laughed and we had such a great connection, but I was so scared, Mm. so scared to be in a healthy monogamous relationship that I had been praying, that I've been praying for, um, for forever. And it was right there in front of me. And I literally like, I freaked out and I messaged him and I was like, I can't be with you because I don't need anyone. Um, distracting me from my acting career and I sent him this long like letter and I blocked him on every every social media account and just like how I'd be doing because of abandonment issues I crept back and I was like I'm sorry please forgive me and 
what I now see is that like, I just was not ready for something real. Mm. Be- I, and, and I also think that like, if I had dated that person, I would have messed him up. Wow. So that's what I'm saying about you're still, you're conscious, you're enlightened, but you're still living unconsciously and you're still, you're still healing right? You're still healing. You're still not really ready for what you're asking for. Because the thing is that God is not going to bring you something that like he wouldn't want you to sustain, Mm -hmm. right? So in order for you to be able to sustain that marriage, sustain that business, sustain that whatever, you really do have to do a lot of like healing and digging to make sure that, you know, it stays. So, you know, at the end of the day, like I'm better, like I'm I don't even think about that toxic person anymore because I'm just, I'm not there. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I care so much too deeply, so highly <laughs> of myself that I just, I, I know. Right. Yeah. And then the, the, the husband guy, like we're good friends right now. And it, it was better off that we didn't, that we didn't date at that time. Yeah. You know, yeah, thank you for walking us through that. I think that's like you you just shared so many important things, but what really stood out to me was just the idea of like praying for something, asking for something and expecting it to happen, but oftentimes like you said is that sustainability. God yeah. literally is not going to put something in your life that he is not going to sustain. Yeah. So if it has not manifested if it has not shown up that means yeah. that you probably would have destroyed it. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. And from and and me seeing the how I was acting towards the the husband material guy, mm-hmm. it really just put into perspective, oh yeah, you're not ready for what you're asking for. Yeah. Cuz it's low key right here. Like you're not ready for what you're asking for. So that just means, okay, well, here we go with my shovel digging deeper into my soul. <laughs> yes. And that's literally how it works. It's like you mm-hmm. get to a certain level, you feel like you're doing so good. And then, like you said, relationships really allow you to kind of practice what you've been working on in private. Yes. And then yes. it reveals how much growth you've actually had. So yeah. I would love to hear a little bit about um, your journey to leaving LA. Like walk us through mm-hmm. what was... What was that like when you finally made the decision to leave after four years of being here and what, what was ultimately the reason for doing so? Yeah. So my last year in LA, I wasn't booking anything and my energy was, I'm sick of this. Where's my Oscar? Um, so I was in this energy of like, I'm done. Like I'm, I'm not booking work. I feel miserable. I feel, I, I just don't feel good anymore. And, um, I was working at that terrible job and I would come home like bawling, crying, like crying so hard that like, you know, me and my mom are like super connected. So she would say like, I could feel you. I could feel your hurt. I could feel your pain. So I was really hurting the last year. And then I finally left the job. I walked out, never came back. And then I realized, oh, I got to pay rent. So I got a job at Fashion Nova at their like headquarters. And it was the ghetto. (laughs) 
<laughs> it literally was though. And I knew I had made a mistake. I knew that I had done something that I was really trying to prevent myself from doing, repeating this damn cycle. And, and I did it. I did it anyway. So while I was there, I um, realized that this, I, I'm not doing this anymore. So then I quit that. But the day before, so that day where I knew I was not going back to Fashion Nova, um, like we had this terrible, like uh, water bug, big cockroach problem in uh, our, me and my roommate's apartment. So I get home from like, just feeling crappy. I get home and there's like a water bug coming out of the bathtub. There's a dead water bug in the kitchen. There's a dead one in the living room. I mean, in the hallway. And I just broke down. I'm on the phone with my best friend. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm done. I'm done. And for a few months, I had been feeling like, I'm done. I'm done. This is not worth it anymore. This is not worth it. And then um, the next day, I got a phone call saying that, like, my grandma passed away. And that, for me, I, like, and, you know, like, I've spoken to you. You've seen what I've gone through. But, you know, for everyone listening, like, my grandma's, like, my grandma helped raise me while my mom was, um, working two jobs, going to school. And my grandma's been a part of my life all of my life, right? So she literally came from Ghana when I was two weeks old. So my grandma is ingrained in me, right? So when she passed away, I, I like, now I can see, and that was two years ago. It'll be two years this year. I can say that I died. Literally, my grandma's death was my death, but also my rebirth, 100%. So I can remember I got on the plane the next day, like the day she passed away, the day after that, I got on the plane, came to New Jersey. You know, my mom, you know, she's not dating anybody. It's just her, right? So I just came, I came from LA to New Jersey and I stayed home for three weeks and I really, really, really had a tough battle with myself, with why am I still in LA? Should I come home and be with my family? You know, what, uh, what is the best thing for me? So my uncle randomly was like, you know, Abina, I've been thinking and you, I've been worried about you in LA. And him saying that, I was like, you know what, let me just come home. So I left LA. I went back to LA and left and moved out in two weeks, moved all my stuff, put my stuff in storage. And, and I left. And the night I left, I prayed and I said, you know, grandma, like, please just guide me, be with me. And I can remember I left at like five, I left the apartment at 5 a.m. to go to the airport and I looked in the sky and there was a shooting star. Like I saw a shooting star in Los Angeles city. First wow. of all, you can't do that. Never. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot do that. And I saw it. And my grandma used to say this like Ghanaian um, nursery rhyme to us. Like I see the moon and the moon sees me. God bless the moon and God bless me. And I had seen, I had kind of said that to myself. I like, and then the shooting star passed by. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and then I, and I moved, you know, back home. We went to, we went to Ghana for the funeral. I'm,
Before we get any further into this episode, I want to share with you a resource that I've been using called Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is a solution for people seeking traditional mental health counseling who would prefer hearing from the perspective of a Christian. If you are seeking a mental health professional who is a practicing Christian, Faithful Counseling may be a great option for you. I'm going to share a few details about this app in case you're interested in checking it out. One of the best things is that you can start communicating in under 24 hours. This is not a crisis line and is not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online with real therapists. One of the best things also is that there is a broad range of expertise and faithful counseling's counselors network, which may not be locally available in some areas. However, the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account at any time and send a message to your counselor. And you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, as with traditional therapy. Faithful Counseling is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change your counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available for those who need assistance. Faithful Counseling wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read some of their testimonials that are posted daily, or you can listen to my personal review that I shared a few years ago, I think, maybe like a year or so ago, um, before this collaboration came about, and you can learn about my personal experience. If you're interested in signing up and joining over half a million people who are taking charge of their mental health with the help of a professional, uh, use my link, getfaithful.com slash soulbeauty. Again, if you're interested in taking charge of your mental health, use my link, getfaithful.com slash soulbeauty. By using my link, you will get 10% off your first month of sessions. And again, that's getfaithful.com slash soul beauty. Back to the episode. Moved back in September. We went to the funeral in October. Um, and since then, it's just been like, it, and like LA is like such a far memory because I was such a different person such a different person and i do plan on moving back next year i do plan on moving back just because i feel better there mm-hmm. i do i and that's the thing like even though all those really shitty things were happening like i feel good when i'm in california mm-hmm. i don't feel that great being on the east coast but that's also just because i'm someone that needs warm weather and the sun cuz i i do fantastic in ghana okay you see that ghana glow honey yeah. Like I do fabulous in (laughs) warm, hot weather. So I just know that I need to be um, in California again. Right now I am healing the mother wound. Mm -hmm. Like after my grandma died, it really felt like, like I said earlier, like the, I was living in like this bubble, this bubble. And then my grandma died and I, and it, the veil came off. And I saw the world and I saw my family and I saw human beings. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Why did I come back here for this? Mm. And 
now I know that that is my, that was my true, true spiritual awakening. And like looking at my grandma and looking at my mom and looking at me and there's, and it, what happened was like, it opened my eyes to my childhood Mm. because I'm trying to figure out why, why am I, why do I always like, like not, why do I pretend that I don't know how great I am? Why am I always backing up from really dope opportunities that will expand my life? Why am I, why am I inviting in toxicity? Why do I do this? And I look and God has been pointing me to my childhood. Mm. So for the past few months, like, so, so I want to talk about like the grieving process a little bit, like, you know, going through the, the grieving process of like, you know, depression and confusion and hurt and, you know, distancing myself. Like I went to Ghana, um, in December and it brought it full circle. Cause I stayed in my grandmother's room in her home and it brought it full circle. Like, Oh, I'm good. Wow. I'm good. My grandma's great. My grandma comes to me in my dreams all the time. So her passing has really helped me to see that we really don't go anywhere. Mm. We just continue to just, we continue to just be right. Like when, sometimes when I was really, really low going through the grieving process, I would say like, grandma, like I'm, I'm really missing you today. Like show me yourself. And like one day I was watching one day randomly Pocahontas was on and the old lady in Pocahontas, the tree, when I was little, she always reminded me of my grandma. And like, I was watching TV and that scene came on with the Woodlow tree talking. And I was like, okay, grandma, thank you. Like, I know that you're, you're always here. Mm. She's always here. Like she might not be here in the flesh, but she's always here. So when I went to Ghana, I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And that's when, and I came home and me and my mom were just not getting along. And I was like, what is happening? What is going on? So God was taking me back, taking me back to my childhood. And that's what I've been doing for the past four, since January, since January, I have been healing the mother wound. Mm -hmm. And that really just means accepting my mom as a person who has her own hurts, a lot from my grandma, you know, like hurt people, hurt people. We're all victims of victims. And, you know, my grandma, you know, obviously I love her, but she just was not the best mother to my mom. And even though my mom was great with me, there were some things that she missed. And a lot of that is the emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. And one day, I mean, one of my posts recently, I was like, what is worse, an emotionally unavailable mom or a completely absent father? Because that those are the cards that I got dealt that I did not realize until now. Like my mom and, you know, African Ghanaian culture, they're just tougher. Mm -hmm. They just are not connected to the emotional part of themselves for whatever reason. It could just be, I don't know, all the fufu they eat and it could be colonization. I don't know what it is, but it's something that a lot of African children we deal with. We deal with our parents not telling us they love us. We deal with our parents not really affirming us, comparing us to others, forcing us to be doctors and lawyers and blah, blah, blah. I didn't, I didn't have that type of parent with the doctor and lawyer thing, but um, me not you know, having a quote unquote real job definitely has some effect on my mom. But anyway, 
So um, God was taking me back to not hearing Abina, you're amazing. You can do this. Or Abina, you're beautiful. It was always, you know, I would hear that I'm beautiful after a kid called me ugly for being dark. Mm. So it, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like that, that bully, they've already planted a seed in, in me saying, I'm, there's something wrong with me. I'm unworthy. And for my mom to come in after it, it doesn't work like that. And that's why I always tell people like, and I don't have kids, but I always tell people like, you have to affirm your children first before the world gets to them. And I, you know, had a lot of anger, right? Because underneath anger is sadness and hurt. People aren't just mad and angry. We're sad and we're hurt. Mm. And I was, and, and God was really like, I mean, I've been having some really, really deep, ugly snot cries. <laughs> and and every, t- every time, God, God is just taking all the emotions I've been holding on to since I was a child out because I can't carry them anymore and I don't want to. Mm. I don't want to, you know? And, and God showed me that, like, I suffered my first trauma when I was two years old. Wow. You know, my with my dad leaving. My dad loved me, Fatima. Like everyone always says, the way that my dad loved me, like that is like the type of love he experienced with me. He had never experienced that type of love before. So, and I felt that, right? And I still feel that to this day, you know? And imagine seeing, as a two-year-old, seeing your parent every day, this parent that you love so much, that loves you so much every day, and then boom, they're not there. Wow. You know? And, and, and my two-year-old self, I've been carrying that hurt. I've been carrying that, that like shock, like all of my life Mm. until recently, until recently where God is like, we can let this go now. So I've been doing a lot of like inner child healing where you just go back and visualize your, your previous self. So I, I went back into my two-year-old self and I held her. Right. I held her in my in my mind. I held her and I was like, you're okay. You're going to be okay. Like, it's okay. You didn't need it. You didn't need it. And I go back to my six year old self. I go back to my 13 year old self. I go back to my 20 year old self, 24 year old self. And I and I've been going back to the most painful parts of my life. And I just take the person I am now and love on her. Mm. And every single time the meditation ends with me in like all white clothing and like this brightness around my child, my childhood self. Wow. Yeah. So it's been a lot. I'm, I'm thinking of like creating like a YouTube series on it. I just want to like stop procrastinating <laughs> and like write it out because I know that God wants me to tell people. Cause I mean, so many black women, we are raised by emotionally unavailable mothers and we're always talking about the daddy issues, daddy issues. We have to talk about mommy issues too. Mm. And you know, my mom did her best, right? Like my mom, we had a, and, and God is so great because even through all of this anger at my mom and whatever, whatever, recently on my birthday, her and my brother didn't do anything for me. They didn't get me a car. They didn't get me a present. They said happy birthday, but I didn't get any music. Like, and that's like first world problems, but it really hurt me mm-hmm. because I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel appreciated. I didn't feel loved. And I had to have that really hard conversation with my mom and it ended beautifully. And now we have a new beginning. 
Wow. And I told her everything. I told her I'm, I told her like, I'm the best mom I've ever had because I'm, I know how to take care of myself. I know how to nurture myself. I know how to be there for me. Right. And, and, you know, she, she, and I let her know, like, these are the things that hurt me when I was a child and she received it so beautifully. She apologized. She's just like, I did my best as a single parent. She let me know, like, she reminded me how tough it was for her. Cause my dad paid for all the bills and my dad made really good money. Right. So she, you know, you know, had to get a job and like had to work another job and go to school. And it was a lot and it was very hard for her for a long time. So she couldn't put all the emotions into me and my brother, you know, she, she, and you know, my mom was great at taking us places, right. She was really great at taking us to Sesame place and Hershey park and Disney world and stuff. But Recently, I realized that she was overcompensating because she did not receive that as a child. So she, it's not like she was asking us, hey, Abina, Jojo, what do you guys want to do today? It was more like, we're going to do this because I didn't have this as a child. Mm. So we have to remember that our parents and my mom even said like in the conversation, like, I'm a hurt child. Right. And my mom is 64. And she's still holding on to things that my grandma did. Wow. You know, and it's deep, Tima. It's deep. We think that we think that we're, you know, dating these terrible, terrible men, terrible partners because just because we don't love ourselves. Like, no, it's because like <laughs> there's generational stuff that, you know, is happening here. So that's why I've been saying for how many years have I been saying like we are generational curse breakers, honey. Mm-hmm. OK, so you better believe when my child comes through me. They are not only going to get the material stuff, they're going to get all the love. And of course, I'm not going to be the perfect parent, but I'm going to make sure that my child knows that they are valued, not because of what they do, but simply because of what, who they are, mm. simply because of that. And we don't get that enough as children. Yeah. Wow. You, you just said so many things, but the first thing I want to comment on is I just want to affirm that you should totally make that series. (laughs) Please make that series because I think, like you said, so many black women, especially need it. We need it. We need it broken down to us in a way that is from another black woman, first of all. And we also need it from, from a perspective that is, I feel like sometimes when you get into that work, it's either super like psychologist scientific or is mm-hmm. it super woo-woo spiritual and it can be unapproachable <laughs> it can just be yeah. unapproachable. it just makes it like okay like do i need a psychology book to understand what this means mm-hmm. or do i have mm-hmm. to go and like purchase like a course in miracles to understand what this means <laughs> right <laughs> right far ends of the spectrum so i think you definitely should. And it's so funny because just yesterday, I believe, I was having this conversation with a good friend of mine about mm-hmm. um, healing the inner child and how we wow. kind of had a realization at, in that moment that like we had focused on healing the the first uh, version of us that was hurt in some way. Maybe it was five years mm-hmm. ago. But we hadn't done the work for all those other versions. Like you mentioned, your wow. two-year-old self and then nine-year-old self and then 20. Like, we realized in that moment that we had not done that. And we were wow. both in there like, wow. So that means that, yes, I may have started the process of healing that first initial traumatic experience. But what about all the other traumatic experiences that yeah. I had? 
that even just two years ago that I may not have not even acknowledged or yeah. myself for, or apologize to myself for, or forgive, forgiving myself for. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that is just beautiful. And thank you for just walking us through that journey. Cause I think, I think that's so important and I'm, ex- I'm excited for you to <laughs> create. I'm, I might need your help child. I might need your help. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what platform they want this on, but they should let us know. <laughs> yeah. what they would prefer let us know if this is something you're interested in if you're listening you're like yes i need this let us know um so i would love to kind of talk about now like where you are currently like you're doing this work with mm-hmm. your mom and with just this this wound that you have from the experience you had as a child how would you describe how you've been finding a balance between um holding space for others but also taking care of yourself Mm, yeah no i don't hold space for others Mm. at this point yeah right now can't do it and god keeps telling me that every single week wow god is like yeah god is like stop stop it stop trying to you know uh you know because last year i came home to really be around my mom and be with my mom and i know that helped her a lot you know sitting on the couch watching terrible tv and the news and like and of course you know that had an effect on me but it's okay it's okay because you know it's my mom it's my mom it's my mom but god in january was like stop Mm. stop trying to be that for your family for your mom for your cousins for your brother stop it so and it's tough it's tough not holding space for them. So um, I'm not, I'm not holding space. Mm-hmm. And um, the conversation that me and my mom had on my birthday, like that was holding space that one day, but um, I, I just can't right now. I love right? that. I yeah. Love that. It's just so clear. It's just like, it's just not happening. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? And, and, the thing that I really like about myself is that, yeah, I can take the spiritual stuff, but I can also take, like, I, I take God in all of that, right? So, like, for example, every time I see the number 555, which means change is coming, I always know something about to happen with me and my family where, and now I can see it where God is like, you are your own person. Stop trying to be, you know, part of the the... I don't know, the lineage, the culture, like, stop. You are your own person. Make your own path. And so sometimes something hurtful will happen where I'm like, it really be just be myself and I. <laughs> and, and that's just like, that's just the journey that God has me on. And you just got to pay attention to the patterns and the signs, right? But, you know, one thing I will say is that I'm genuinely like happy. And I said this on Instagram, like, I don't know, two weeks ago, it's like, I don't have that much money. I'm back in my childhood home, but I am happy. Mm. And I have never genuinely really for real felt this way. You know, you'd be happy in moments, but there is just this deep happiness in me, my heart space, like literally Fatima, my chest is open and that's also from healing the mother wound just like i'm happy my heart is open like i'm in an amazing place and i want people to know like you kind of have to be happy before the stuff comes like my future is glorious and marvelous i know this my future is in the lord's hands i'm good but i and i don't need to you know feel happy Um, when those things come, I'm choosing to feel happy now. Mm. 
so that when those things come, it's just like, you know what? I'm so happy, but thank you, Lord, for this six-figure check. Right. Thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm really, really happy, and I can, I can see myself now. Mm. I can see myself, and I'm like, I can see the versions of myself where I was backing down. You know, people tell me all the time, they're like, you don't know how great you are. You don't know how special you are. And now I'm like, yes, I do, bitch. Mm. I see it. And now I'm like, yes, I do. I see it. And maybe, you know, sometimes I might struggle with like how to get that out. But other than that, me in my room, me communicating with people out in the world, like I get it. I see myself. I see the world. I see humans. I see the hurt. I see it. I see it. I see it. And it just makes, and, and not that like trials and tribulations aren't going to come, but now I see them. Right. And now I know like how to act accordingly mm-hmm. and I'm not always going to get it right. But now I know it's like, I see you. I see you devil. I see you coming. Right. And you're about to get this happiness. That's the thing. Nobody's taking this happiness away from me, honey. So do you feel like your your current uh, faith, your relationship with God, and like your spiritual practices are kind of maintaining and helping you sustain that happiness and kind of walk us through what does, what does that look like for you now? What are some of your spiritual practices and... Mm-hmm your relationship with God? And then how does that kind of play into you just showing up as yourself? Yeah. I mean, you know, I always tell you like, this is how I always explain it. Like for me, you know, because, okay, because I wasn't raised in the church, because I wasn't raised in a a very religious or spiritual home, the first things I, but I knew that God and Jesus were real. Right. So that was it for me. And even though I've tried other things, Jesus is the one for me. Mm -hmm. And to me, I always say like, Jesus is like the big brother. You just didn't know you needed. Like you can look up to Jesus. You can read like Matthew, Mark, you can read those books and you, and you see Jesus was not here to play no games. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jesus was so firm, so confident, so sure of his purpose. Why would I not want to be like my big brother, Jesus? You know, like we all have the ability to be like Christ. So for me, like, and I, I'm going to talk about my spiritual practice, but I just want to get this off my chest. Like it's tiring to have to say, I love Jesus and I love Jesus this way. I love Jesus in more of a, I see Christ's spirit. Mm -hmm. I'm not here with the churchianity. I'm not here for that. I tried that. I did that. And it sucked. Mm -hmm. It sucks. And it works for some people. It doesn't work for me, but I still love Christ. And I might like love Christ in a very, like, even I was talking to my boyfriend the other day and I was like, you need to know that like Jesus never said anything about hating gay people. Right. Like, but that's kind of what's taught in church. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like, I just need to constant. It's tiring to constantly explain like, like what a free thinking Christian is. Or even if I say I'm Christian, it's like, you've put me in a box. Yep. But when I say I'm a free thinking Christian, I'm in another box. Yep. And it's like, take your boxes and go build a Legos castle because I can't. <laughs> I can't, but you know, you do want to let people know like, okay, I like what Beanie's doing, but what does she believe in? And that's how I am. If I see some spiritual person on YouTube, on, on wherever, and I'm like, oh, can you believe in this Lord or this God? I can't, fuck, I can't message you. I'm trying not to, 
It's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't really mess with you. And that's personal preference. And you know, we love Jesus. Like sometimes I can cry thinking about how much Christ loves me, mm-hmm. how much God loves me. I can cry. Okay. I can be weeping just like this. Shoulders hunched over. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's so beautiful. That's what it's about. Period. That is love. That is what it's about to break down and cry because someone loves because something, someone loves you so much just as you are. That is what it's all about. Mm. But I'd be tired having to say that all the time. And the thing is that like, I'm really good. So why are you concerned? Isn't the point uh, to, to, to convey the love of Christ? If I'm over here and, and going to one of your questions, like how do I, you know, continue to be myself. I've kind of just always been this way. So it's kind of like I got an advantage over others. Like I have always kind of just been weird and goofy and it's not something I can really stop. Mm. Although like inside the house, I felt a little bit suppressed because it did feel like something's wrong with me. I'm always doing something wrong. But anyway, that's again, part of the mother wound thing. But I've just like always been this way and now it's kind of like you know what now you know through the healing like god is like i specifically and intentionally made you this way Mm. you don't have to hide it you can and and i ask god in meditation i say god like what do you want to be more of through me Mm. and god was like i want to be more fun let's have more fun i love that yeah let's have more fun and you know as everyone grows through the meditation practice meditation is not always only just sitting down and not saying not you know um thinking anything it's communi- communicating with you know spiritual realm with god with my angels with jesus you know just being like how, how can i serve yeah what do you need to do through me and and i'm like firm in i'm a vessel Mm. I am a vessel. So if I stop myself from being myself, I'm stopping God from flowing through me. Mm-hmm. You know, God is flowing through me through humor, through healing, through hope. Like, I, I don't want to stop that just because it's not the wave or because I didn't do my eyebrows or because I have a gut. I don't care. <laughs> I, that, no, 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 no. You're not. And that's the thing. Like, I'm serious about being the vessel now. Before I was joking, but I'm serious. So if God wants to make people laugh through me, then that's what it's going to be. I don't need no, you know, production. I don't need no cameraman. Like, I have what I have. I have everything I need. And y'all about to get these jokes. Because I'm not going to do a disservice to God and myself. I love so, that. Yeah. So it's like you you really do have to be yourself because it's not about you. Mm. It's not about you. It's about the people that are going to be inspired and motivated and healed through you. Whatever it is. If you're like whoever's listening, if you're amazing at baking and you're being all like, oh, well, I don't have a nice kitchen and I don't have. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because people aren't looking at the kitchen. I was yep. on the phone with my friend and I was telling her, like, I feel so, and this was before, but I was like, I feel so sad that, you know, I don't have a nice background like other people or I don't live in, like, I don't have all these plants anymore and I don't have my own place. And she's like, girl, no one's looking at that. We're just looking at what you're saying. We're just looking at you and your words and what you're saying. That's all that matters. So 
y'all about to get this grease stained kitchen. If, <laughs> yeah, if I if I feel like okay, you know what, this is a really great idea. Let me like this weekend, like I'm gonna be shooting some um, vegan cookies and this like Ghanaian dish that's really easy to make. Y'all about to see like my kitchen. <laughs> I can't I can't care. Right. Someone was like, "Do you think that people were really messing with Jesus like that?" Jesus is over here healing people, walking on water, okay, turning water into wine. If someone did that today, God. you would be like, they're so weird. What? Put him in jail. Oh, my God. This is witchcraft. Like, but that was Jesus, right? Like, so you, and sometimes people just have to, like, get off of your shyness high horse and, and do the work. We want to see you. We tired of perfect eyebrows and perfect makeup and six ads. I'm tired. Yes. <laughs> I'm tired. Show me, show me, show me something real, right? Like, I think we're definitely at a point where we're just like, we just want to see real. We just want to see people that look like us that we can connect with, mm-hmm. you know? But, um, okay, my spiritual practices. Yes. So um every morning i wake up and i just say thank you jesus for covering me in your lavender love light thank you for covering my mom and my brother my online community my friends like that's what i always say in the morning and then i start to think about things on instagram and i'm like no stop it stop it no (laughs) no we're not gonna talk we're not gonna think about work i never look at my phone until it's time to look at my phone which is whenever i feel like it right (laughs) (laughs) so I um, spend 20 minutes meditating with, um, do you say binaural or binary? I say binary. Okay, because I say binaural. Tomato, tomato. They both right. Okay. <laughs> They're both right, right? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay, now I don't know. But I'm just going to say. We'll go afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I meditate 20 minutes by neural beats. I was working a lot on my root chakra, so I'll do root chakra meditation. Or right now I'm working on my soul star chakra, so I'll do that. And I'll speak to myself, speak positivity. And sometimes I don't feel like it. Sometimes, you know, the meditations don't be cracking. And that's okay, but I'm committed. Mm-hmm. to doing it every day. So then I read, um, right now I'm reading Psalm 31 and Psalm 23, and then I'll read my devotionals. Sometimes I journal. I haven't really been journaling like that too much. And then I do my yoga with Adrian. Love and her. then mm-hmm. she's so good. And then I'll drink my, my newly called do it to it tea. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just like, <laughs> what, what do you say? I said, I saw it on your Instagram recently. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's going to be called a do it to a tea coming to you next year. Going to be packaged. No, just kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, just hot water, lemon, whatever, whatever. I have it in my wellness highlights um, for whoever wants to check it out. And then I go about my day, mm-hmm. you know, and those things remind me that I am a spiritual being on earth. You need your divine protection every day. Mm. You're a spirit and you need to be connected to spirit every day or else you will be consumed by this earthly world as, as I was for many years. That's the thing. It's like, like we started, like this, this journey has started 2008. Mm. Okay. It is 2020, you know, like it is a journey. You're not going to sit here and read a bunch of self-love affirmations on Instagram and think that some, that you're doing something like, 
until you start getting to the ugly stuff, as soon as you start he- like healing those childhood wounds, you 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 ain't you ain't really doing that. <laughs> like for real. So yeah, I do those. I've been doing those practices every day. You know, I got my smoothie once, twice a day. Yeah, just keeping your body your body light so that your mind can be light so that you can receive, you know, answers from the Lord. Yeah. I always ask this question at the end. I got it from this game called We're Not Really Strangers. And um, mm-hmm. the question is, if you had to give this chapter of your life a title, what would you name it and why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I always say bloom. Yes. <laughs> bloom i'm like a lotus flower or whatever like i'm here like open see me and how you doing yeah i would call it bloom because i'm here Mm. she's arrived love it you know only up from here see these rose petals sis get into this you know iridescent glow yes (laughs) i'm so here for it okay so last question um do you have any product projects and products now? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And resources <laughs> that you would like to share with the audience and especially your Shea Butter business. <laughs> yes. Okay, y'all. So get your pen and paper because this is what's good. Okay, so I just opened up my online store where I sell um, ethically sourced Ghanaian goods. So I sell Shea Butter, completely pure, raw, unrefined, shea butter as well as waste beads um and on my it's uh, salomeshea.com and i also offer my self-love e-course on that website so you can go ahead and take a look at that as well as my one-on-one soul sessions where we can talk about everything from love from life advice anything that you're feeling like you want to talk to me about I also offer that service as well on, again, SalomeShea.com. And where can people find you on Instagram, YouTube, all the places? So everything is Beanie TV, B-E-E-N-I-E-T-V, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. So it's just Beanie TV. And also, I just want to add in a little uh, side note here that I have tried all of the things that Abina just mentioned, oh, yeah. the shape of <laughs> the waist beads, the e-course, and, oh, and yeah. even the soul sessions, even though I haven't, I haven't officially booked the session, but we've had <laughs> several. And yeah. I just vouch and say that transformative, like the Aww. shape butter, the waist beads, all of it literally will transform your life. So if you are in a space where you're just like, I want to go deeper, or I just need to process what I'm what I'm experiencing on my self-love journey I assure you that Abina is your girl she is just amazing at guiding others it is a gift I am so grateful that God just like somehow allowed us to meet because like at the beginning you have literally just helped me along my journey so much so I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing your wisdom with me and also with my audience and all the links and everything will be in the description box of this podcast so you guys can support her business and show her love on Instagram and please follow her on Instagram you will get your entire life (laughs) (laughs) 
Big Head is my new favorite person. Like, sister. I'm saying, though. She, like, she be knowing whatever. She be cute, whatever. <laughs> Wear a fashion over dress. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about. Just go, just go to her Instagram and just yeah. scroll until you see a very large head. <laughs> what we're talking about. But thank you, Seema. Thank you for having me. You know, thank you for just being my friend during some really, really dark times in my life. And thank you for just always, always like. I have a YouTube channel literally because of Fatima. And I will always tell her that, like literally. So thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. I cannot wait for us to like be on my talk show. Yes. And you're going to be my guest. And you're going to come on every week and give us that spiritual stuff. Okay. So I'm excited. I'm excited for how far like we've come and like how much more God is going to take us. Like I'm, I'm really excited. Amen. Me too. Yeah so much this was amazing i hope you guys enjoyed this episode abina do you have any final words that you want to leave with the guest yeah i just want everyone who's you know listening to this during quarantine during shutdown i really want you guys to allow yourself to feel what you're feeling and if one of those feelings is hopelessness i'm gonna ask you to just continue to go into the word continue to go within because everything that god does is good and God turns everything around. So whatever you're going through, like just go to God with it. And I just want you guys to just continue to have faith and stay calm, stay home, and wash your hands. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and that is it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. If you made it all the way to this point in the episode, shout out to you. Wow. One final, final thing that I want to mention that I just want to squeeze in at the tail end of this episode is that on Saturday, August the 22nd, can you believe we're in August? It's wild to me. I'm going to be hosting a virtual meditation class for the Soul Beauty Chat community. So if you are interested in being a part of that all you have to do is click the link in the description of this episode, or you can just type in your browser, soulbeautychat.com events, and you will see the event that is happening on Saturday. That's at 8 a.m. Um, Eastern uh, Pacific Standard Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be doing a guided meditation, a journaling session, and a conversation. It's going to be a great community meditation class and I'm looking forward to seeing all of your faces again it's been a while since I've done one so go ahead and sign up there's only 11 seats available I love for these classes to be intimate so if you are interested the link is down below and as always you can find more information on my website I hope to see you in class on Saturday and have a great day